This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. Luke chapter 4, and uh, we're going to close out a wild gospel called Grace. Luke chapter 4. This is about Jesus here. He's walked into a church on a Sunday. I believe in this context, he definitely did not walk in at the noon service because those are the tardy people that really don't love Jesus. He came into the 10 a.m. service. And watch what Jesus does as he walks into the church on a Sunday morning. It says, and he was handed in the church the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. This is actually written about himself by Isaiah, Isaiah 61. It says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Just give you a picture. Jesus is grabbing a scroll from the prophet Isaiah. Now, let's just be on the same page. The prophet Isaiah, years before Jesus came, prophesied a whole lot about Jesus. Jesus, as he grabs the scroll, let's be honest, he could have, he could have read so much of the prophecy about himself. How about Isaiah chapter 9, when Isaiah prophesied, and the government of peace will rest upon his shoulders. Of his rule, there will be no end. And we shall call his name Wonderful Counselor, Prince of Peace, Mighty God. Could have read it, but he didn't. What about Isaiah, when Isaiah prophesied that he literally will bear our iniquities. The chastisement that brought us release was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. He could have read that prophecy. But Jesus, as he walks in the church, he, ap he opens up to Isaiah 61 and starts talking about what God has mandated his life. I want to tell you this morning, there is a mandate from heaven on your life. He says, you know, the Spirit of God is on me because he's anointed me to do something. I just want to encourage you today. The Holy Spirit this morning is in you for you, but it's on you for others. Holy Spirit this morning is in you, encouraging you, comforting you. Holy Spirit is in you, leading you into truth. The Holy Spirit this morning is revealing God's plan. Anybody thankful today that the Holy Spirit is not out there? But anybody thankful the Holy Spirit is in you? It says the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. The Holy Spirit is not in this church. The Holy Spirit is in you. The reason why the Spirit of God hovers in this room is because you're in this room. So the Holy Spirit is in us for us. It's on us for others. He reads Isaiah 61. He says, the Spirit of God is upon me because he's anointed me to do some things. What has he anointed me to do? To proclaim, to preach the good news to poor people. Whether they're poor financially or whether they're bankrupt spiritually or they could even be bankrupt emotionally. He says, God has mandated me to declare good news. Remember, good news was never meant to be communicated. Good news was meant to be heralded. It was meant to be proclaimed. He said, God's spirit is on me because he's asked me to proclaim good news to the poor people, to heal broken hearts. 
maybe you've had a broken heart in life. I can tell you I've gone through many broken-hearted situations in my life. A few of them would be like when my daughter was diagnosed with lysencephaly. I was broken-hearted. I remember some breakups in high school when I thought that I was going to get married to so-and-so. But they wasn't the one. That's the one right there. <laughs> tell the truth, the truth and shame the devil. I remember I got heartbroken in February three years ago when we were on the one-yard line. And we had back-to-back -back Super Bowl championships wrapped up. Am I preaching to anybody this morning that can relate with a broken heart? All the Seattle people put their hand back up again. He said, I've, I've been called to heal broken hearts, to set at liberty those who are captive. In other words, Jesus said, the Spirit of God's on me so I can get free, bring freedom to some people. Get freedom to some folks that are bound. I love this about Jesus, and I'll tell you why we exist at Zoe Church. We exist at this church because we want you to know God, and we want you to find freedom. We want you to discover your gift, and we want you to make a difference in this world. By the way, the way that you're going to find at Zoe Church for you to know God, it's going to be here on Sunday morning at 10, 12, 6, and 8, about to be a fifth service. Somebody say, hey. But listen, we, 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 we are knowing God here, but we're finding freedom in connect groups. The reason why we want you to be in a connect group is because we believe that when you confess your sins one to another, then all of a sudden you talk about your issues, that's where healing comes, and that's where freedom comes. And so we want you to know God, find freedom, discover your gift, and make a difference. He said, I have been called by God to proclaim to the poor people, to heal the brokenhearted, to set at liberty those who have been captive. In fact, he says it two times, to captive people and oppress people. Obviously, God has an emphasis on freedom. And so he emphasizes it twice. And he also says, I'm actually here to declare that this is the year of the Lord's favor. In other words, people that have been misplaced, people that have been maimed and shamed, people that have been berated, Jesus wants to bring them to the forefront and tell them, you used to not have any favor, but by, when you believe in me, I'll give you favor. You have favor on your life, not because of who you are, but because of whose you are. You have favor on your life, not because you believe in yourself, but because you believe in a king. Come on, somebody, thank God today. This is the year of the Lord's favor. Come on, somebody, thank God. You don't have to go get favor. Come on, church, you got favor. Oh, I get excited for Vision Sunday because I'm declaring next Sunday, we've got favor for this next year. We don't have to ask God and beg God for favor. When you've got grace, you've got favor. favor. Grace is undeserved blessing, and it's unmerited favor. You can't earn this kind of favor. This is the kind of favor that opens up doors that no man can shut. This is the kind of favor that puts you in positions that you never dreamed about. This is the kind of favor that will take you beyond your wildest dreams. Am I preaching to anybody today that has experienced and walked in the favor of God? Come on, 10 a.m. I feel like preaching. I was on vacation. I got white jeans on this morning. Somebody thank God today. I want to preach a message. You can write down the title. It's called Grace on Purpose. Grace on Purpose. And I believe today that God will speak to you. He will encourage you. And he will not just declare these things at that church in the 10 a.m. service many years ago. But I'm believing that this word, these scriptures out of Luke 4, they're a word for you today. They're a word for your family today. And let's pray and let's believe together. Father, thank you so much. Thank you for our amazing community, our amazing church. Thank you that you are so kind, you are so loving, you are so good. We are believing on a morning like today 
that you'll open up our eyes so we can see your son. Open up our ears so we can hear the Holy Spirit. Do something unique and profound. We love you. We're excited for all the things you have in store for us. All the plans that you have already made. We say yes and amen to those things. And God, we are believing as a community. Lord, we know you did not bless the Rams and you do not bless the Chargers. So we're believing together for the Los Angeles Lakers that they'll win the NBA championship. In Jesus' name, come on, church, let's put our hands together. Let's thank God. Come on, we're not 49er fans. We're not Packer fans. We're going to just land on the Lakers. Amen and amen. Um, I, don't, I don't know if you... Uh, if you ever deal with getting, like, too intense, like, I don't know if you're an intense person or you're just kind of a little docile, laid back. I'm, I'm, I'm prone by nature. I'm an intense individual. Like, when I get my mind made up on something, it's over. Like, I just, like, I have to do this thing or have this thing or go to this. Like, I just, you know, are there any intense people in the house? Let me just see your hand if you're kind of like a driven personality. I'm just, this is my makeup. This is my DNA. So we were just on vacation, and while we're on vacation, um, when I'm here in L.A. and the majority of my life I try and eat healthy and get to the gym two times a week and um, I try and like you know be kind of a healthy individual but I made up my mind this last vacation I was going to have a lot of desserts my sons call them treats they love them and so I just I made up my mind I was going to have about two to three desserts a day anybody ever been on vacation like I'm just like I'm gonna have a morning treat I'm going to have an afternoon treat, and you know I'm going to have one when the sun goes down. I'm going to have some treats. And so I made up my, and Julia's looking at me like, wow, you're really going off the deep end, huh, slugger? Like I was just going for it, right? And this is kind of getting intense about it. And so I, we're coming back to L.A. on Thursday, and I just I kind of made up my mind. Thursday's your deadline. It's your last day to, you know, have treats. So I, I came back. We dropped, you know, all the stuff off at the house, and I knew in the back of my mind I've only got a couple of hours left, and I'm on mission to make sure I have my last dessert. So we get everything settled. I look at my wife, and I'm like, babe, just a heads up. I'm going to sneak out. I'm going to go to the big chill, and I'm going to get my last frozen yogurt. So I get in my car and I'm just like, I get there, it's cash only. I'm like, I looked at the guy, I was like, where's your ATM? Like I was just on mission. Where's your ATM? Like I just go in there, like I get my last dessert, I get a large, you know what I mean? You know you're just overindulging when you go for a large dessert. Like you're supposed to get it small. No, I'm going large. I was just, I was on mission though. I was like, I was just, this is my purpose for a vacation. I'm going to have a lot of desserts. Come on, anybody love vacation here today? Come on, just absolutely love it. I, I love it when people make up their mind to do something. Like we have this guy in our church. He's just an awesome individual. He's a good friend of mine. His name's Tyson. And when everything happened in Houston, he was one of the first people to text me, and he was like, hey, who do we know in Houston? I'm going to go down there tomorrow, and I'm going to go serve. He's like, who, what connects do you have? What context? Who do we know? Because I'm, I'm just, I'm on mission. I'm going to go down there. I'm going to help out. So I tried to get him connected with some people, but this guy, he wouldn't wait for me. He was just on mission. When he made up your mind, you make up your mind. So he goes down there, and we talk a little bit. But um, he, he texted me a couple days ago, and he goes, I'm on my way back, and, and I never got connected with those so, so-and-so people. But I was just so amazed that this guy just made up his mind. He was going to go down to Houston, and he was going to serve the people that were affected by Hurricane Harvey. Let me show you some photos he sent me. This guy from our church, Tyson, he goes down there, and he serves. Can we put up those photos on the screen? Look at him right there. You know, just so you don't take photos, we didn't want you to see his face. Kidding, come on. But show the other photos of this. He was down there serving and helping out this house down here and helping out these people and making a difference. Come on, let's put our hands together for Tyson Sullivan. Come on, a good friend of mine. Just made up his mind 
He was going to go down there. He was going to serve and help those people. He was on mission. I want to tell you, sometimes when it comes to grace, you and I have this picture that we can be lackadaisical or flippant about grace and say, yeah, I may have sinned, but, you know, thank God for grace. I may have this struggle, but at least it's under grace. You know, at Zoe, I never want us to be flippant about grace. Because when grace came to this earth, grace came on purpose. Grace came with mission. Jesus grabs the scroll of the prophet Isaiah, and he said, let me tell you what I'm here to do. I'm here to declare some stuff. I'm here to free some people. I'm here to heal some people. I'm here to take the people in the back and put them in the front. Come on, anybody thankful today that the grace of God, Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, he came with some mission and with some purpose in our world. I just love this. I'm going to give you three things to write down today. Write down the first thing about grace. Grace came and he had something to do. Grace came with something. He was just like, I'm coming and I'm not just going to see what happens or see if somebody shows up at the church or I'm just going to like, let's see if I can get an appointment or let's see if I can find a relationship. No, Jesus came, grabs a scroll, opens it up and says, I'm here to do some stuff. I'm here on mission. I'm here to actually take this thing and move this thing and speak to some people. I'm here for broken people, berated people, blind people, bound people. Come on, somebody thank God today. Jesus had something to do. I, I, I just I want to tell you the greatest place to live your life is knowing why you exist. And when you know the why to your existing it will answer the what and the when. If you're asking this morning what I should do, you're asking the wrong question. If you're asking when will this happen, you're asking the wrong question. The first question we ask is why do I exist? Why did God put me on this planet? I remember that book that came out by Rick Warren, The Purpose Driven Life. And a lot of us, we get even afraid or intimidated by the title because for us to live purpose-driven is so outside of our normal, let's just go with the flow routine. But I love Jesus and the model of his life. He actually came and he said, you know what? I'm living a purpose-driven life. I'm living for poor people and blind people and bound people and berated people. I'm here to do some stuff on this earth. And when you know that, you know everything. I'll tell you, we know why we exist as a church. We exist so that people in L.A. can know God and they can find freedom. They can discover their gift and they can go make a difference in the world. That's why our community exists today. We're planning another church, another campus in the valley. Why? Because we want more people to know God and find freedom and discover their gift and make a difference. Come on, somebody thank God that you, God is revealing the purpose to your life, the why you exist. Jesus didn't have to read any of the other prophecies in Isaiah. This was the true prophecy. This was the ultimate prophecy. This is the why to his existence. Jesus was so on mission here on this earth. Jesus was so focused. He lived a deliberate life. Remember, in life, if you are not deliberate, you will be default. If you don't live your life intentionally, you'll default to what is comfortable. You'll default to what you've always done. You'll default to your old tendencies. No, church, we are here to live a purpose-driven life. I love this about Jesus. He's just going, this is my mission. This is my mandate. This is why the Father sent me. I'm here. I remember this one time. The, the, the disciples come to Jesus, and they're like, Jesus, are you hungry? And he's like, no, nah, man, I'm good. 
And they're like, Jesus, you should be hungry. And they're like, nah. He's like, nah, man, I'm good. And he actually says to the disciples, he goes, guys, I have food to eat that you don't even know about. In other words, he, he goes on to explain. He goes, my food, what fuels my soul is doing the will of the Father. In other words, what satisfies. Some of us are so unsatisfied in our life. Some of us are so frustrated with your current state. Now I'll tell you, it's not just because of what you're doing and when you're waiting for that perfect time. It's not knowing the why to your existence. Because when you discover the why to your existence, it will solve all of the turmoil in your soul. You just go, I know why I live. I know why I'm here on this earth. I know why I exist. I know why I'm here. Jesus was so good. He goes, listen, I don't do anything unless the Father tells me to do it. I don't say anything unless the Father tells me to say it. I know why I'm here. I'm here for poor people. I'm here for bound people. I'm here for blind people. I am here to declare that there is a new regime and a new world order. In fact, grace came with something to do, but write down number two, grace came with something to say. Grace has something to say. Oh, I love this about Jesus. Jesus was a talker. You ever get around a friend that's a talker? Don't point at them. Somebody pointed at their friend. You ever get around a friend that's just, they just put a quarter in them, they go for one hour. You know, they're just, get, they're a talker. Jesus was a talker. Jesus talked in the temple. Jesus talked on the road. Jesus talked on the hillside. Jesus talked to big crowds. Jesus talked to little crowds. Jesus would just be like at a fountain. And you see a girl, he'd just start talking to her. How you doing? What's your name? Where you from? Like Jesus was just a talker because he came with something to say. He came with a mandate with something in his mouth. In fact, the first sermon that Jesus ever preaches is in Matthew chapter 5. It's called the Sermon on a Mount. And watch how Jesus, from the very start, with his disciples, he starts to say, I'm here with something to say. I'm going to show you five verses. Watch here in Matthew 5. Jesus is going to go through, and he's going to actually tell us. He says, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Let's read the next one. You have heard that it was said. You shall not commit adultery. But I'm here to tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Let's go to the next one. He said, again, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not break your oath, but, but fulfill to the Lord the vows you have made. But I'm here to tell you, do not swear an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is, it is God's throne. Let's read the, the next one. Uh, you have heard that it was said. Eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. Jesus came out the gate. His first sermon says, I'm here to say something. I've got something to say. You've heard long ago the law used to say this, but grace is in town. There's a new sheriff on the scene, and I'm here, I'm here to color in what used to be black and white. I'm coloring in all the book. Oh, I love what Jesus is saying. The law said this, but I say this. The law said that, but I'm here to say this. Jesus had something to say. He had something to say then, but am I thankful today? He's got something to say now. Come on, put your hands together if you believe that Jesus talks. I just believe this about God, that God is a God that speaks. In fact, one of the telltale signs that you are becoming a follower of Jesus is that when you start to follow Jesus, you too have something to say. 
You've got, because the Bible says this, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So it doesn't say let the redeemed of the Lord think so. It says let the redeemed of the Lord say so. In other words, when you start following Jesus, you've got something to say. I hope that we're a church that has something to say. I believe the more that we're in God's presence, we've got something to say. The more we read God's word, we've got something to say. You will, in fact, the Bible says, Jesus said, he said, a good man will store up good things in the treasure of his heart. He said, an evil man will store up evil things in the treasure of his heart. And then he said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth what? The mouth speaks. So in other words, whatever you put in your heart is coming out of your mouth. Zoe Church, I'm here to declare, we're putting good things in our heart. So when the world needs to hear hope, when the world needs to hear, hear healing, when the world needs to hear what are we going to do after when we're facing racial tension, when we're facing hurricanes, when we're facing this, that, or the other, we as the church have something to say. Come on, put your hands together. If you believe it wasn't just Jesus that had something to say, it's God's word that has something to say. I love that story in Acts. And they come to Acts, and these guys, uh, Peter and, and Paul, they have been, you know, they've been just tearing up the cities with the gospel. And they've been preaching grace, grace, grace. And the whole city, the Bible says the whole city has been turned upside down for Jesus. And they, the perception of the people was that these guys were turning the whole world upside down for Jesus. I pray that it would be the perception of our church. We're turning Los Angeles upside down for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Somebody get faith for that. Amen. And they came and, and, they, and, and they, they come, the, the rulers of the day, they come to Peter and, and they say, hey, you, um, you guys, you can do whatever you want. You just can't, you can't talk about Jesus anymore. It's, it's destroying our businesses. It's ruining our other religions. People are flocking to the church. It's, it's frustrating our town. You can't preach about Jesus anymore. Isn't it amazing how the world wants us to be quiet about our faith? And so they say, you can't be quiet. You can't talk about Jesus anymore. I love Peter and John. They reply back. They go, sir. We know that you are a high-ranking officer. We understand you're a big official. But for us, he speaks for, I think it's Peter, it's for us. Um, we cannot be quiet about what we've seen and heard. You want to know why Jesus couldn't be quiet? Because he's already seen heaven. He's already seen the, the, the sun, the moon, and the stars. Jesus came declaring, but I tell you, but I tell you, but I tell you. He can't be quiet about the Father's love. He can't be quiet about the freedom that heaven has. He can't be quiet about the eyesight he wants to give. Come on, somebody thank God today. Jesus couldn't be quiet, and we can't be quiet. We've got something to say. I just tell you, when everything happened with Charlottesville, well, I was on the outcry tour, and a lot of you know that, that, that we were on that, that, that tour for a couple weeks. And, you know, in the prayer meetings, we used to have these prayer meetings be, before the service, and I just kept feeling this sense, like, they say, does anybody have something to say? I got something to say. That's not right. This is evil. This is demonic. This is not, this shouldn't be happening. I've got something to say because when you know why you exist, you exist for people that can't speak up for themselves. You exist for, for widows and orphans and those that are in prison and those that are maimed. Come on, Jesus grabs the right scroll and the right prophecy and said, I'm here to declare to some poor people. I'm here to declare to some bound people. Come on, somebody, thank God that grace is on purpose. So we are on purpose. In fact, let me just give you the third thing to write down. I hope this brings great encouragement to you. Grace has something for you to do. It wasn't just that Grace was declaring this day that he's got something for himself. It wasn't just that he was saying something. But Zoe Church, let me just say, Grace has something for you to do. 
Grace has something for you. In fact, the Bible teaches us, let's look up here on the screen in the book of Matthew and watch what it says about freely we have received and so freely we should give. And as you go, preach saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, now freely you should give. Translation, Jesus is going. This thing is on me so that I can for blind bound, broken, berated people, help them. And now that Jesus has come to you and I, I was blind once, how about you? I was broken once, how about you? I felt like I had no favor before, how about you? And since Jesus came to me and met me in my place, freely I received grace, I'm going to go out and I'm going to give grace. Because it wasn't just that grace had something to do, it's that grace has something for us to do. Worship team, you can come join me, but I just want to encourage somebody. If, if, you, if you're bored with Christianity or if you're bored with church, some people go, church is boring. You're boring. <laughs> come on, church. How could you be bored in the adventure of a lifetime? Following Jesus is mind-blowing. You're, you're on the, you're, this is a faith journey. Nothing about our life now is comfortable. God's given me something to do. So I know why I exist. I exist for the same reason he existed. I'm here for blind folks. I'm here for bound folks. I'm here to declare good news. I'm here to declare this is a wild gospel. It's called grace. And with the same mission that Jesus had, he gave me the same ministry of reconciliation. Am I preaching to anybody that understands it wasn't just Jesus that got some purpose? Come on, church. It was us that got some purpose. First, first Corinthians 15, uh, verse 58. Man, that's a long chapter when it got first 58 verses in it, but read on the screens. Therefore, my beloved brothers... Be steadfast, be immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Abounding. Come on, church. We should be increasing. We should be doing more for God. I know we want to come to services and sip our lattes and be like, God is so good. He loves me. But you're going to miss it, man. You're going to miss it. Jesus did not come to this earth sipping a latte. He came down going, I'm here to do something. You heard it said, but I want to tell you, my kingdom's bigger than you think it is. My grace is larger than you think it is. I got something to do, I got something to say, and I got something to give you to do. Freely you've received grace, freely go give grace. I'm not going to keep all this grace to myself. I'm not. I'm not going to get my freedom and my healing. I'm not going to get my purpose and keep it to myself. The Bible says, why would you light a lamp and put it under the couch? No, I'm going to let my light shine, anybody else. I've got something to do. I've got something to say. It's called grace. And I, know, I know we want grace. Grace is undeserved blessing and his unmerited favor. And I believe that, listen, there is such a large blessing headed your way. You ought to buckle up and get ready because God's favor and God's grace is all over your life. But if we leave grace to blessings and favor, you'll only get one facet of what grace is. 
Grace actually empowers you to now that you have been rescued and you have been redeemed. God has this propensity to get our eyes off of ourself and to get it on others. Jesus grabs the scroll. He walks in. I can see him looking at everybody. He said, I'll tell you why I'm here. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to proclaim liberty to those who are captive, to declare this is the acceptable favor of the Lord. I'm here to bind up the brokenhearted. I'm here to do something. I've got something to say. Zoe Church, I just want to tell you, we're in Los Angeles for such a time as this. You're in a neighborhood for such a time as this. Your co-workers for such a time as this. Freely we have received. Freely we should give. Do you believe it? Grace on purpose. I'm believing that you'll have purpose for your life. That you won't be wrestling at the midnight hour. God, what do you want me to do? God, when am I going to get this one thing? No. I know why I exist. So everything else falls into place. Jesus actually was so good at the what and the when that it actually didn't rattle him. He's at a wedding in Cana, remember? And his mom comes to him to go, his mom, his mom, his mother. The Virgin Mary, she comes. And she goes, so they ran out of wine. He goes, woman, is that my problem? She says, son, you know you do the magic tricks and all that kind of stuff. Can't you turn the water into wine? And he, what did he say? He said, he said woman, it's, it's, it's not my time yet. Because when you know why you exist, you're always in tune with the timing of the Lord. You don't have to force anything. You don't have to strive for anything. Force issues. You're just trusting. I know why I exist. I'm fine. Well, what, what do I do? They, 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 would, they would say, you know, one time Jesus was hiding out in the wilderness and he's praying to his father. And he comes back and, and, and the disciples are really upset. And they go, they go, Jesus, where have you been? And he goes, guys, don't even worry about it. I know why I'm here for this purpose. So I know what I'm doing. Let's go to the next city. I just want to encourage some people that are here today. You might be striving and wondering, God, why do I exist? And I believe that today, by the power of the Holy Spirit, these words from Isaiah, they weren't just for Jesus. Come on, church, they're for us. We're here for blind people. We're here for bound folks. We're here for people that don't know Jesus. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. We hope you are inspired and encouraged by the message. To get more information about Zoe Church, check out our website, www.zoechurch.org, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the newly added Snapchat under the handle Zoe Church LA. Have a blessed day.